Welcome, everybody, to the Ghosty Girls podcast. Hey, guys. We're back. We actually made um, a recording two weeks in a row. We did. <laughs> we are, like, setting the standards here in quarantine. I'm <laughs> I'm so glad to hear your voice. No kidding. I was getting so bored. I'm so anxious. I was waiting all day for this. I'm so excited to get started and get Me rolling. Too. Let's I go. Have my- I have my drink in hand. I'm ready to hear some good stories. Oh, boy. I wanted to fill our listeners in on some funny slash creepy activity that's been happening. So Yes, ma'am. <laughs> if, if anyone remembers, back in episode three, we talked about my childhood. And I talked about an experience with a precious moment's cross <laughs> hanging on the wall at a family friend's house and Anna thought it was so hilarious while we issued a challenge what did you want me to do (laughs) she decided to send me via Amazon a precious moments doll so which I posted on our Instagram (laughs) page if you want to take a look at it it's adorable but also creepy so I told her like payback is coming just beware so a couple weeks later I sent her a Precious Moments doll as well. And I told her, look, this doll might come alive. It might not. But either way, enjoy its creepiness, right? Well, here's the thing is that this was your experience. And I thought it was hilarious to send it to you. And then whenever I got one, I was like, okay, no big deal. Because this is her experience. Like, what are the chances, right? I told you. Oh my gosh. I think because I was like, hey, it's not going to happen. Something was like, um, let me show you. <laughs> Literally last week, she sends me a text. She's <laughs> like, look what this thing is doing. Mm-hmm. It's moving. I'm like, what? I swear I didn't curse it. Like, I did not. <laughs> I did not. I don't know. I think you check the box on Amazon that says "Please provide curse." I don't know. <laughs> I put this. So I put this cute little angel. I was like, "Oh my god, it's so adorable!" I put it on my mantle, and I have these twinkle lights up on my mantle, and I plug them in every now and then. You know, when it's getting dark outside, I'll plug them in. And I went to plug them in, and the angel is turned around, facing <laughs> the wall. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I know I did not like move this doll or push it or nobody but me cares about these stupid twinkle lights. So nobody else touched these things. And I was like, okay, coincidence, like maybe I bumped it, whatever. I so, <laughs> Maybe she just got tired of staring at y'all watching TV. I don't know. <laughs> Dude, I don't know. I... I turned her around and I put her kind of kitty corner so that, you know, you could kind of see her from the whole room. Mm -hmm. And this is probably a week later. And I went back up there to turn my twinkle lights on and she's turned full on like dead, even with a mantle. (laughs) I'm not even kidding you, Jess. I, (laughs) I want to record this thing, but it, it doesn't happen every day, but like I I'd have to record to. for a week to get her to move or, or it would probably just be my luck. It'd be like, yeah, right. Like you're going to look crazy to her. So I'm not going to move. I mean, the, the 
positive here is that it's not turning its head to look at you. It's trying to look away, which is less creepy in my experience. My Precious Moments doll is in the living room on a shelf, and I'm not looking at it. I don't think it's moved, but I promise you, I did not pay an extra $3.99 for a curse. (laughs) Oh my gosh, Jess, I'm not even kidding you. I'm so nervous about this damn doll. (laughs) (laughs) Because (laughs) your story did not help me. Because I was like, okay, that's weird. But then when it happened... I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is her story. What is happening here? I want to pack the thing away. I think you might need to, or just like go pray over it. Like, I don't what know what's it? happening <laughs> here. <laughs> Don't uh, you like, it is I'm, an angel. It's adorable. I'm going to send you a picture because I keep forgetting to send it of where it's at and you can post it. This thing is adorable. But the fact that it's moving makes it so much less adorable it's hilarious to me because it is your payback but i also feel really (laughs) bad that i sent it to you and now you're having to deal with this so (laughs) oh believe me that is the least of my worries this week in my house (laughs) oh no what else is happening Mm -hmm. i i don't know so remember i told you like my husband will come home he's in a good mood like just joking, laughing, we have dinner, he sits in his recliner, and then, like, his mood changes, he gets really, like, edgy, and he complains of having a headache, and he just wants to go to bed. Yeah. Well, I thought, you know, he drives a long way to work, it's a long, stressful job, that's what it is. Well, being on quarantine, (laughs) he doesn't go to work, so. No commute. No commute. And it was weird because he would sit in his chair and he's like, man, I just, I have a horrible headache today. But every time he didn't sit in this chair, he was fine. And we didn't recognize the pattern until I sat in his chair and I'm sitting there and he's talking to me. And all of a sudden, like, I can feel myself just get grouchy Mm -hmm. and I got a headache and it was weird because he was complaining that his right knee knee was hurting and even swole up and it was like, I don't know. It was bugging him. So I'm sitting in this chair and, you know, I'm cranky and my head hurts and I go to stand up and my knee starts to give out. And I'm like, what is going on? What's wrong with my knee? He's like, well, what did you do? And we couldn't think of anything. Next day I end up sitting in the chair again and instantly like I get this headache within about five minutes. And he looks at me and he's like, you don't find this weird. I'm like, what? And he goes, I'm fine out of that chair. You're fine out of that chair. But when we sit in this chair, we get a headache and our knee hurts. It's our right knee. It's so how there's no way that that's coincidence, right? So I started looking over the last five years and I'm like, what is it with this chair? When he comes home from work, if he's not sitting in the chair, he's cool. But as soon Mm -hmm. as he sits in the chair... And this man <laughs> looks at me and he goes, do you think it's paranormal? <laughs> and I go, what? He's like, do you think it's paranormal? Like, this is really weird. <laughs> and it, it just struck me because I would normally be the weirdo to say, hey, we have a headache. It's paranormal. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, Everything's paranormal to us. <laughs> He's like, 
what do you think it is? And I'm like, I think I need new furniture. <laughs> but I don't know what it is with this chair. It's, I don't know, things in my house, I think because of everybody just being home, just stirred up. I'm seeing things. The kids are hearing things. Yeah. I just think we need to get out of the house. And That is bound to happen when you've got everybody's pent-up energy and aggression and frustration stuck in the house when it's not used to being there. Yep. Like, that sure. is exactly what's happening in our house. Everyone's oh, annoyed. They're irritated that they have to be stuck inside. And, like same thing I'm seeing like you know light shimmers and things moving across rooms I'm just like okay (laughs) it's like you have all this energy because there's nothing to do but when it comes to taking care of it you're like I just don't want to do it yes I know something has to be done I've got to do something this weekend yeah especially if it's physically affecting you guys like that part that bothers me. I don't like when things are physic can physically hurt somebody. Even yeah. And how did we not recognize this pattern for how many years that we had this piece of furniture? You know. Yeah. I. I mean, it was just it's just having having us home and you know being next to each other. I think it kind of pointed out a pattern that we didn't normally see, which begs the question: How many other things do we go through in life that are paranormal that we shrug off? Absolutely. Like that's the thing. So many people don't realize that when you actually take the time to look at, you know, when you're having like a paranormal experience and then you start to see patterns of behavior or certain things happening and you're like, Oh my gosh, that's all connected. You just didn't realize it before. It's crazy. It is. So I I think they're around way more. (laughs) Oh, totally. Totally. I am super excited to get started with this episode and really dive into this week's topic because we're going to be talking about one of my favorite things. Well, one of my favorite people. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I am like so nervous about this. I hate being put on the spot. Don't be nervous. We're going to be diving into what it was like to grow up with your gift and talking about your childhood and what makes you you which to me is an awesome story and I'm so excited that you get to share it with people so I'm just a little nervous because I'm not like a really out there open person so to kind of and my childhood was not awesome so having to kind of go back and remember things and I don't know. I'm nervous. We'll see how it goes, but I'm willing to answer whatever question you ask. I'm going to just be an open book. Just lay it all out there. Well, in that case, <laughs> let's get started. So I guess, all right. why don't you start just kind of talking about what your life was like in your early childhood and, and growing up? What was that like? So thinking back, my first memory, it's kind of weird to me because it almost mirrors yours. Um, I was sharing a room with my little brother and I was on the top bunk. And I remember, like you did, lining those stuffed animals up all along the outer (laughs) rim so that I couldn't see over the bunk bed because 
out of my closet, like is the story with every kid, right? Mm-hmm. Comes this pink bubble man every night. And I remember thinking it's a pink bubble man. Like it looked like Mr. Bubbles. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Totally. Like the, the bath wash or whatever yep. when you were a kid. Um, but I had fear. It wasn't a good thing. So I remember nightly screaming for my mom and my mom and dad would have a conversation before bed every night. (laughs) It was a thing. Okay. Tonight we're going to sleep. Right. And we're not going to be scared and we're not going to scream for mom. Like this was just the nightly ritual of tucking me in. Um, and it never failed. I would end up screaming for my mom. Yeah. I don't know why she didn't just pull a bed in and sleep in there, you know? (laughs) Um, (laughs) but I think they kind of got to a point where that wasn't the only thing that I was noticing. I I do remember another memory. I was probably four-ish, um, sitting in the bathtub playing. And when you look out the bathroom door, you could see the hallway and the hallway closet. And I I was always afraid of this closet. I would wait in my room and then like, get up the courage and run past it to get to the living room. It just scared me for some reason. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting in the bathtub and this, the door opens and I'm watching it. I'm little. I'm not really thinking this is weird. Right. Yeah. Um, but I see this <laughs> going to laugh, but all I can think of is a leprechaun. It had bright red hair, beard, Um, But its eyes were weird. Like they were like this cat looking eye. And I remember screaming and my mom ran in. What's wrong? Don't you see it? It's in there in the closet. Do you see him? Do you see him? What are you talking about? I remember my dad kind of overhearing this and being like, there's nothing there. And getting me out of the bath, wrapping me in a towel, standing me in front of the closet. There's nothing here. Where is it? And I'm looking right at it. Like, it doesn't go away. And I, I remember thinking, okay, they don't believe me. Am I seeing, what am I seeing? If if I'm not seeing what they're seeing, and it, I almost got so scared to tell them that it was standing there. Like, what is it going to do if I tell them it's there? Mm-hmm. That I just kind of played it off. Oh, it's gone. It's gone. Well, and they didn't believe and you anyway, or they were saying no. they didn't believe you. So yeah, they didn't see it. I was standing right there looking at it and they didn't see it. Um, but I remember having that fear of it doesn't want me to tell them it's there. So I, I better stop right now and just say it's gone. Um, so just weird things like that when I was a kid seemed to happen all the time. Um, And just recently, thinking back over these stories and kind of prepping for the podcast and what I was going to say, I really started to remember I had this aunt and she was married into the family. So it was my dad's brother's wife. And we didn't get to see her a whole lot and we didn't go over there a whole lot. But for some reason, my parents had her come over. And I remember her asking me, do you see anything that other people don't see? And I remember her grabbing my hand and we went into my bedroom. She goes, can you tell me where it doesn't feel good? 
And I pointed to the corner because I could just have this overwhelming feeling of this dark, not good, yucky stuff in the corner and pointing to the corner and telling her it's there. And looking back, I remember her saying, yeah, that's where I see it too. And then, you know, kind of walking around the room and walking around the house. I didn't think anything of it because I was so little. Yeah. I didn't know what was going on until I looked back at it. Yeah. And I remember her having a conversation with my parents, overhearing her say, she's going to have this. Things are going to come and go. She just has to get used to this. But I, as a kid, just ran off, wasn't even caring about what they were talking about. But looking back, I knew that she was different because we would go to her house and I just felt this connection with her and her house was always kind of creepy weird. And I was afraid to go anywhere in that house alone. Um, and I think it's because she had the gift and that's what my parents were doing was bringing her over to try to verify, am I just being a kid that wants attention or is there something more going on Yeah, in the house? Do you think her house felt weird to you or off to you because since she had the gift, she had attracted kind of those spirits? Oh, I'm sure that's house. what it was looking back now. Yeah. And, you know, Looking back, I know that it was probably really a lot of it was me attracting stuff to the house, but um, I remember weird things happening in the house all the time. And what I didn't understand is that my parents would go through these weird things, but struggled to understand why I saw it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like... There was this one time I remember I was getting ready to go to school. My dad was at work. My mom was trying to get me out the door. I think it was even kindergarten. And I couldn't find my tennis shoes anywhere. She's like, where did you put them? We've got to find them. We've got to get out of the house. We're late. I could not find my tennis shoes. She's like, okay, all you have is sandals. We've got to go to the store really quick. Payless shoe source. Of <laughs> and grab some shoes and get you to school. So we go to the store. I pick out these really cool shoes. We get back. She's like, okay, put them on. You know, we're walking in the door. Get your backpack. Put those on. And there's my tennis shoes in the middle of the living room floor. And the laces are all tied in knots together. Oh, my gosh. And I know. And as a kid, I didn't. I was like, oh, there they are. <laughs> You know, I'm not thinking, but I remember her telling this story later on when I grew up. She's like, you remember that time we got your shoes and they were in the living room? And I was like, oh my gosh, that was weird. Like what was happening? And she said, you know, something weird was with the house and like, she kind of just cut it off. She didn't go into detail. Tried to explain it away. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> um, wow. But things would go missing in the house. I remember seeing my dad, like, walking through the house, and he would be in bed asleep. Just all kinds of weird stuff. And it made me wonder, was the house haunted? Or was I kind of calling things to me, not knowing 
how to put walls up or even that this kind of stuff existed at this mm-hmm. point. So that was that was interesting <laughs> going through as a kid. For sure. But not recognizing it till you're older. Oh my gosh. Um but as I got a little bit older, um I remember asking, you know, why do I see these things or what do you see these things? What's going on? Trying to figure it out because I was becoming more aware that I was having experiences that other people weren't putting two and two together, really. Um, And a little bit of background is that uh, my mom was a very religious woman. Her whole family was. My dad never went. Um, So me and my brother would go to church with her. And when this conversation came up, she basically said, if you can see, feel, hear these things, it's evil. And you, you can't do that. You can't do that because only evil people can do that. Um, so that for me, I didn't know how to take that. So, I mean, she's basically uh, warning you not to say that you can do yeah. it. Yes. And how do I, how do I get rid of that? I can't, I can't just make it go away. I didn't choose to have it. Um, so I grew up thinking I can't talk about this because I'm evil. Like that's going to make everyone know that I'm evil and I can't talk about it. So I really began to just push things away and not talk about them and, you know, going to church overhearing, there's a place in the Bible that talks about the witch of Endor and she called on spirits. And so that kind of just set in even more. Um, if I see spirits, it's not a good thing. And God is not with people that have this because you're evil. They, God can't be with you if you're evil. I kind of, you know, in my mind, put that together as a kid So growing up, I just had to push it away and not talk about it and hope that it never came up in front of anybody, Yeah, you know? And that's really hard when you are a kid because when you're that young, you see things as very black and white. So it is good or evil. There is no gray area in between. And, you know, you're being told from your parent who, you know, as a child, like, everything they say is the truth you take that as like yeah that is the end-all be-all so for your mom to tell right. you this makes you evil you can't see these things I can imagine yeah. that was a really hard thing to kind of get over and and I don't want to make it sound like my mom was like you're evil yeah. like <laughs> it was more of no, we don't talk about yeah. this because this is evil and people that do this are evil. So in my mind, she was telling me I'm evil, but it wasn't that she was telling me I'm evil. Mm-hmm. You know what she I mean? She was more telling you, <laughs> don't talk about it. People, yes, people that are, we don't talk about that. We don't do that. We don't engage in that. Almost like I had an on-off switch that I could just say, nope, I'm not doing this. Um, so. You know, as I'm growing up in church, I I hear about God is love, and I sat in the pew wondering if he's all love, 
why doesn't he love me? I didn't have a choice. I didn't ask for these things to come to me. I'm not actively trying to do this. How is that fair? So I really became not hateful towards God, but I didn't have a relationship with him. I didn't trust him. Um, And I pushed every ounce of religion that I could away because to me, God was not love. God was judgment and unfairness. And so I just, I became rebellious. I, everything that came out of the pastor's mouth, the poor guy was wrong and I didn't want to hear it. And I just, I did everything I could opposite of church and God. So that was a struggle for my family to watch me kind of push that away. Yeah. But, and I can imagine, I mean, that's where I was a hard time as a teen too, when you're, you know, starting to kind of figure out who you are, that's already a rebellious phase in life. And now you have like this struggle of knowing that you can see and hear and feel these things, but you're being told it's wrong. And you're like having that battle trying to figure out what to do. So gosh, I I can't imagine. I just, and I just kind of, I just kind of naturally built walls without even knowing I was doing it because anytime I would feel something, it's like, nope, nope, I don't feel it. Go the opposite direction. I can't do this. So I just naturally put walls in place to where eventually I didn't really notice anything ever, you know, not that I was trying that it just kind of naturally happened. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't until later that I kind of realized that it's okay to be me and I am who I am, but that's later on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, As far as teen years go, like, yeah. What, what were you doing in your teen years? Like, how did you get through trying to be a normal kid? What were your hobbies? What were you doing other than seeing ghosts? Um, (laughs) Other than trying to ignore them. (laughs) Um, Normal kid stuff, I guess. I I didn't have a lot of friends um, because this whole thing was kind of my life and I was afraid of having friends and then having something happen and having them realize that I'm weird. So, you know, I had a couple really close friends that I never even told that I had this gift. Um, But do you remember? Hello? Are you there? Anna? Hello. Well, we're having some technical difficulties, apparently. <laughs> to say the least, this is the third time this, that somehow our phone shuts off. I don't know what's going on. Never have we had this issue before, but now we're recording this episode and three times it just cuts you off. Like, it does not want you talking. Something's like, um, no. <laughs> Well, we're going to keep going. I don't care how many times it cuts us off. (laughs) Okay, so back to what you were saying. I was going to bring up, which is really weird, The Craft. Do you remember the movie that came out, The Craft? 
Um, do I remember that movie? I was obsessed with that movie. Yes, <laughs> I absolutely do. So I remember watching it and I'm like, oh, these are like my homegirls because if I'm evil, well, might as well go with it, right? <laughs> I mean, if, if you can't beat them, join them. <laughs> Literally, there was a newspaper article or like one of those little ads in the back of the newspaper that said to become a witch, you know, you like mail this little postcard with your information and you send $13 and they were going to send you a kit to become a witch. (laughs) So my, my friend and I were like, Oh my gosh, we can be witches. We're weird. Like, let's do it. (laughs) Okay. How weird is that though? That you grew up like not really religious at all. I grew up extremely religious and we both decided to become witches <laughs> because we're weird <laughs> I know I mean luckily I I never had $13 so I didn't oh send God. away for my witch kit but well neither did I but I will say that I kind of went to like the gothic kids because that was really the only they were weird, right? They were always telling scary stories and trying to do magic. And so I was like, well, this is the closest thing I've got to someone like me. So I mean, I- the, the gothic and punk kids, those were my people. So I totally get what you're saying. And my mom's like, you don't wear makeup at school, right? And I'm like, no. Well, one day I came home and forgot to take the black eyeliner off. Oh, she God. lost it. <laughs> My mom was the same way about black eyeliner. She's like, you, your eyeliner's too heavy. Who are you? What is this eyeliner going to do to me? Really? (laughs) Oh my gosh. But I, yeah, I remember hanging out with goth kids and that was weird for the church girl, but I did. And I don't know it, they felt more comfortable than normal kids my age, but they also didn't quite feel right so I remember just being like in this weird place of who am I I don't fit here I don't fit there like yeah what do I do I don't fit anywhere you were kind of getting mixed signals from everyone yeah for sure so Um, how did how did the experiences with your gift kind of change as you got older I know you were trying to block it out but how did that how did that change it actually kind of really stair-stepped it I remember being you know really tiny little and just being scared all the time and remembering anything I seen or felt or heard I just mom 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 help me um and then I remember kind of growing out of that stage and probably around 10 to 12 years old it manifested as anxiety Um, I remember vividly, um, my mom and dad had divorced and I lived with my mom and I remember laying on the couch and just feeling really weird all of a sudden. And all of a sudden my whole body just begins to shake really bad and I couldn't stop it. And she's like, what is wrong with you? And I I didn't know. It was like, I was freezing cold, like shaking out, like when you got out of the pool at summertime, you would just shake. Mm -hmm. Um, but I couldn't control it. 
and it would go on for hours and it would throw me into an asthma attack because I had asthma when I was little. So this one time I remember my mom taking me to the ER and I was just shaking and shaking and shaking and them asking how many puffs of inhaler did she have? Like, why is she shaking? And my mom's like, I don't know. She just, she's been doing this. And, oh, well, it's anxiety. You know, let's get her a breathing treatment. That'll wear her out. It'll calm her down. And it did calm me down. I, I got out of it. I was breathing better. I wasn't shaking. Soon as we got home, went in to lay on the couch, I began shaking again. And the only way I knew that that's what it was is now when I feel spirits, I will have anxiety and I'll notice I'll start to shake. Mm-hmm. So that told me that's exactly what that was. I had those walls up and those things were still trying to get my attention and my body, even though mentally I didn't recognize that my body was reacting to what was happening. Um, wow. Yeah. So just looking back and thinking about, man, I was having full blown anxiety, not because I was nervous here. My mom was thinking, Oh, it's the divorce. She's a you know product of divorce. And that was not it. It was absolutely. Like, it's the spirit in the corner, actually. <laughs> Can you imagine? I don't think I ever told her um, that that's what it was. Um, but yeah, I, I know without a doubt that that's exactly what it was. Um, I remember being probably right before teen or 13 ish. Um, we went over to my grandparents' house for Christmas Eve and it was me and my brother, my parents had gone somewhere and I remember not feeling right. Like I just felt dread and me and my grandpa were sitting at the table. We always loved to play the game trouble. So we were sitting there and playing and he gets up and I just knew something was about to happen. And he starts walking from the dining room into the kitchen and he slips and he hits his head. And I, I mean, he was a big man. He was a tall, just burly man. Mm-hmm. And I remember crying and trying to pull him up and get him up and he's like I'm okay I'm okay and I just couldn't get him up my grandma came in and we were able to get him sitting and you know my parents got there we went home but I knew that something wasn't right I knew something was going to happen almost like 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 a premonition yeah almost like I I knew that something big was going to happen. This wasn't over. It wasn't just the fall that I was sensing. Mm-hmm. And a couple days later, um, my mom told me that my grandpa had passed. And I remember thinking I knew that was going to happen. And they didn't tell me until I was a little bit older, but um, my grandpa was in his recliner and, and he knew something was happening. And he told my dad and my grandma, I think there was a couple other people there. They're here for me and it's my time and I'm going to go with them now. And they couldn't figure out what he was talking about. And when I heard it, I knew what it was. He was talking about the angels were there to get him. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking, I have, I have something. 
I just knew that this was going to happen. And this is part of the thing that I dealt with as a kid. But I still not tell them, oh, I knew this is part of it, you know. (laughs) So I just I don't think I've ever shared that with them that I knew that that was going to happen. And how old were you when that happened? Probably 14, 13, 14. Wow. Wow. So that was a new addition to the already (laughs) struggles that I had with this thing. Um, Yeah. (laughs) But I don't know. It was, it was weird. And uh, the only way I can explain it is by looking back now. Yeah. And that's like a very heavy thing to go through as your first experience with like a premonition being that your grandfather is going to pass. Like, yeah, that I can imagine is kind of weird and hard to deal with at the same time because you're like, I felt like I knew this was going to happen, and yeah. I mean now, now looking at how these experiences have changed since I've been older, now that I've accepted it, um, I say when I either allow or don't allow things to come through, and I know I have control premonitions I really still do not have control of um it's just it's part of the gift I have discerning and premonition and I know that discerning spirits I can control um if I get in contact with a spirit that's like no I want to get this message across and I can't handle it I know all I've got to do is ask for help and he helps me so they can be very persistent sometimes oh my gosh no kidding it's kind of weird though, because I remember vividly seeing things, like full on seeing things when I was little. And I don't do that anymore. Like I can see them in my mind, mm-hmm. I'll get images, or even like when they're trying to give a message, it's almost like I'm remembering, mm-hmm. like it's my memory and I'm just getting what they're telling me. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's just weird how it changes as you grow. You know, I wish I could see him full on because it would give me a little more um, understanding sometimes, I would think. But yeah. I don't get that so much. So now that you're kind of talking a little bit about what it looks and feels like when you're using your gift, like, can you go into any more details? Like, when you come in contact with the spirit, what is that experience like for you? Um. It kind of depends on if it's a human spirit or not. Um, <laughs> if it's, of course, if it's something <laughs> otherworldly. No, um, if it's if it's a bad spirit, I usually feel uh, my heart rate pick up. I can't breathe. I sometimes feel like I'm choking. Um, you get that pit in your stomach. You know, just kind of bad feelings. <laughs> That's kind of how I know that it's bad. Um, yeah. But whenever a spirit's around, it's kind of weird. Like, I'll start to feel like the room is crowded. Even if there's nobody there, I can just, it feels heavy. It feels like something is there. Uh, I notice sometimes my heart rate will pick up a little bit. And I feel like I can't catch my breath. Uh, I don't know why they affect me that way. Um, But I'm sure you can attest to this. I will zone like I can't control it when something is there and I finally recognize that it's there. I'll just zone out 
and I'll oh, yeah. that thing. <laughs> my husband's like, are you okay? I'm good. Let me my sack. <laughs> my husband does the same thing. It's almost like this, this kind of glazed over eyes. Yeah. And you're like looking off into the distance. <laughs> They're like, um, we were just watching a show. What, what are you doing? <laughs> it's like, leave me alone. I get the phone line that they need you to just be in this zone to be able to speak to you. Yeah, it's really weird, but once you get pulled into it, it's like, okay, I guess we're here now. That's exactly what it is. Like, when you're trying not to zone out, it's almost like they're pulling you into it. Like, you're being sucked into this little vortex thing, and they're going to tell you. And you can either throw those walls up and say no, Mm -hmm. or you just go with it and let it play out. Um, Yeah. And, and learning to put the walls up can be a difficult thing if you're not used to it. So that's, yeah, it I re- give you a lot of props. <laughs> it took effort. I'm telling you, sometimes it's hard to even let them down. Um, but as far as premonition goes, I still have no control. I remember sitting at the school waiting for my kids to come out. And all of a sudden I go into the zone and it's almost like a daydream. And I, I see everything around me and I leave the school like I always do. And I get to the corner and traffic stopped. And I see this kid, the school bus has stopped and this kid is sitting on the sidewalk and his bike is mangled and he had been hit by the bus. And all of a sudden I snap out of it and I'm sitting there looking around like what just happened. So I call my husband and I go, you're not going to believe this. I don't even, I don't even know what to tell you. This is what happened. This is what I saw. And he's like, oh, you know, it's nothing. It's not a big deal. You know, you probably just had a daydream. We always daydream. And I go, well, that's kind of gross to dream about a kid getting hit by a bus. Like, (laughs) this is not okay this do I need to be checked I go but no like I really I saw this play out he goes oh it's fine don't worry about it just get home and then you know when I get home we'll talk about it so the kids come out I kind of get my mind other places they're talking about their day I make the turn onto the street like normal and we come to the stop sign and we sit and we sit let me sit. And I'm like, what is going on? And traffic is just not moving. And I'm like, okay, there's tons of kids. Maybe they're just crossing. It's taking longer. When I finally get to the intersection, there's a cop there and he's directing traffic around the median where we had normally turned and the bus was stopped and there were people all outside the bus. Oh no. I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. And so I get around the bus and I pull over because I have to see, I have to look back. And the kid was up. He was fine. I guess he had gotten across, but it hit the back of his bike and kind of pulled his bike out from under him. But I sat there and cried because I, it was so surreal. I just could not believe that that had just happened. And I went home and I was crying and I called my husband again. I'm like, you don't understand. It happened. It happened. He's like, 
what are you talking about? Were you not just listening? I told you that I saw this happen and it actually happened. And just silence on the line. And he, I know he's trying to think about what to say because he's going to want to be comforting and calm me down. But I mean, how do you believe that unless yeah. you're there seeing it, you know? But that was probably the most vivid thing that I've ever seen um, play out in front of me. Wow. And I don't, don't get it often. It's rare that it happens, but when it does, I pay attention for sure because I know it's coming. That is, that's crazy. I have not had the experience of premonitions. So just hearing your stories about that always blows me away. It, it's weird. I'm telling you, I don't like it. I, <laughs> I would just rather not know because honestly, I, I have never been able to stop anything that I've seen. So why do I need to see it and get freaked out? If there's nothing I can do to prevent it, you know, it's hard because you get a premonition and you're wondering, okay, I'm seeing this, but why am I seeing this? Yeah. Can I, do I have the power to stop it? Because I don't think I do. So why are you showing this to me? That's, that's gotta be hard. Like honing your skills or prepping you to react. Maybe there is going to be a time where I can do something that I'm shown this so that I can do something to stop it. Yeah. I pray that eventually I get that. That would be amazing. But for now, I would just rather not have that part of it. <laughs> so we jumped ahead a little bit and you're talking about how, you know, when you had this premonition, you had called your husband and you were talking to him about that. And I just want to go back to who was this person that you were able to really trust and talk to about having this gift? I mean, you had grown up kind of keeping everything to yourself and not really talking about it. So when did that change for you? It was actually my husband that I told first. Um, he was the first one that I just knew I could trust. And so I remember telling him and it was the most awkward conversation <laughs> because how do you start that hey um i gotta tell you something uh but no we were i remember uh we were at his house and i could feel these two spirits come through and i could not push it away like it was just meant to be that i needed to tell him because these spirits would not go away and I could not even have a conversation with him normally because they were so insistent there I it was just pulling my attention away and I must have looked like I was crazy um so I was like okay make it or break it because we were still dating at this time so I was like you know what I'm gonna tell him and if he's not the one he'll run (laughs) so I had nothing to lose Uh, So I started it out as anybody would. I said, you're going to think I'm crazy, (laughs) but... Famous last words. (laughs) Famous last words. I can sense spirits. And he just kind of looked at me because it was out of nowhere. We weren't even talking about this. And he goes, "Um, okay. 
and he was like so careful i can just see his face still to this day he was thinking through what he should say (laughs) he was so carefully analyzing what the next words would be because he was also in the religion that i was in so i know that he had that same belief that you know anything that you see feel here either you're crazy or it's evil yeah um you kind of had this understanding growing up in it that if something was showing itself to you it doesn't matter if it was your grandma it was a demon Mm -hmm. because spirits can't come back if you're dealing with anything it's a demon so watch out so that (laughs) that was the first thing that came out of his mouth he goes okay um how do you know it's not a demon? (laughs) And I'm like, all right, well, I can tell you that I know the difference. And I said, for instance, you have two things here in this house. And he just looked at me and I go, one of them is an older man. And I, I described him and I said, one of them is a younger girl. She's like late teens. And I know the difference because this girl is not a girl. And he's like, what do you mean she's not a girl? And I'm like, it's not a human spirit. Like it's trying to deceive me. And I know that it's a demon. And he's okay. Well, all right. Um, how long have you had this? Like, Just trying to just, trying to figure out the backstory of did I just have a mental breakdown right there in front of him or is this like a thing that's always been I'm it makes me laugh because I know him and what like he is so kind and I can just imagine him like being so gentle and really trying to talk you through this but also just being like what (laughs) what the hell did I get myself into um and then his next question god bless him are you saved and for us being saved just means you know god you trust that you know he's the one and only god and you accept him as your savior because it says in the bible accept christ as your savior and you shall be saved so he was basically asking me you know god is real and you you trust him to be your savior. So that's what he meant by, are you saved? And I don't think I've ever been so honest with someone. I said, I don't think so. And both of us having a background in this religion and in church, that is like a deadly statement, but I knew I couldn't lie to him. If I was going to be honest with him, I was going to share that. No, I, you know, at 12 years old, to get out of trouble, I remember saying, yeah, I was saved. I was saved to kind of switch the subject off of me being in trouble. But I knew growing up that I didn't know God because he wanted nothing to do with me because I was evil and he couldn't be with me. So when he asked me that, no, I don't think, I don't think I am saved. I can't be because I'm evil. And he goes, so you think the reason you can't know God is because you have this and you're evil. And yeah, that's exactly what I thought. And I, I even remember asking him, what do you think? I, I'm evil, right? If I see these things, if I communicate with them, I'm evil. 
And we had probably an hour of conversation back and forth of what I really meant about this and, you know, what had happened my whole life. And he sits there and, you know, he's, he's very careful to think things through before he says things sometimes. And he's like, you know, the Bible does talk about spiritual gifts. And I never really heard about it because I didn't care to hear about it. Um, I pushed everything that was religious away. And he said, what if, what if there's still spiritual gifts? And what if this is a gift and you're meant to help people with it? And that, that coming out of his mouth changed my entire world. It was like a light bulb going off. I, the pieces just fell into place. I knew without a doubt that that's what it was because I knew that God was real and I knew, you know, demons and spirits and angels, they're all real. And I knew at my core, I'm not an evil person. I am a good person. And I would love to have that relationship with God that everybody talks about, but I just can't. And from that moment on, I knew that that door was open, that God was there. He loved me and I did have an opportunity to know him. And so that night I was actually saved and it just, it changed my world. That's, that's all I can say. Um, we started diving into the Bible going through first Corinthians 12 and 14, where it talks about spiritual gifts. It's, it's right there. It lays it out. The gift of discernment, the gift of prophecy. There's, there's multiple gifts that everybody has the opportunity to have. And I don't know how I didn't see that before. Um, Maybe the religion didn't point that out because they didn't want people grasping onto that. I, I can't say, I don't know, but it, it proved to me that, I was not this evil person that I grew up thinking I was. I just, I love hearing this story. It it just, it makes me almost want to cry, but it makes me so happy because it just, for me, I feel like, you know, God has his perfect timing with everything and all of those things that you had gone through and the way that you had felt your whole life to be led down a path where you meet this man who becomes your husband, who just fully Mm -hmm. accepts you for the person that you are and helps you to find that acceptance within yourself so that you can love yourself and love God and accept who you are and who he has created you to be. It's just so beautiful and perfect and that's what I love hearing this story every time you tell it I'm just like (laughs) it just makes me so happy because it really is like a testament to just God's perfect timing yeah and I this is never something that I shared with anybody and so for everything just to kind of lay itself out and just line up to for me to tell a man that had the same background I did and trust that he wasn't going to toss me out of his house right there. It just, it had to line up perfectly and his, his heart and mine had to be ready. And so did mine. And it was, it was just so awesome how it played out that night. So after you embraced 
this as a spiritual gift. How did that change for you having these experiences? So you mean like after I came to know God and kind of accepted this whole thing? Okay. Um, I would say probably just trust. Um, I realized I don't have to do this by myself because I started thinking about it and yeah, coming into contact with demons is scary. They're unpredictable. You don't know when they're going to pop up or what they're going to do or how they're going to try to manipulate you. But God created these things. He has total control over everything he created. So why am I trying to do this by myself? (laughs) Why am I so scared when I know that he's got it? If I just say, hey, I can't do this. I know this is probably a test, but I'm not ready. That he'll swoop in and take care of it and I don't have to worry. Um, It's funny because you watch all these like ghost shows and ghost stories and the one thing that they try to do is like i said before they fight um a spiritual battle with physical things and it may work for a little while but it doesn't stay that way you know you see crosses and holy water um they call out christ's name and what are those things those things are symbols of what spiritually took place. So when they're going into battle with a demon, you know, they're using these objects to scare the demon. And it's not the object itself that's scaring this demon. It's the thought of what that object Mm -hmm. is meaning that God is alive and real and what happened. And one thing I really cannot figure out is sage. And I know you and I have talked about this before because sage seems to work for at least a little while. Um, The only thing that I can think about is um, maybe, you know, there's witches and spells talked about in the Bible. So obviously that is a real thing. Witches are real. Um, Maybe there are tools to help with certain things that, Uh, God knows about and he provided to us to be able to use to help us. Um, Sage is one of those things that seems to work. Um, But you and I know from experience that unless there is a foundation behind that, Sage will only work for a little while. Like it may disperse the spirits for a week or two, but unless you have something to replace that with being uh, faith, It doesn't really work for very long. And I think that's kind of, you kind of hit the nail on the head when you talked about maybe God provided these as a tool. Well, that tool is only going to work if you have that faith, if you have that strong foundation, if you're using it with that belief that, you know, God is your protector and it is he who is going to rid this spirit, not this object. Yeah. So I, I think you're totally right there. Yeah, it's like, you know, you have stickers of an alarm system up, but eventually those robbers are going to figure out that you don't actually have an alarm system. Like, it'll work for a little while until someone gets wise, and they're like, exactly. huh, I'm going to call you're the like, bluff. Let me try this out <laughs> real, real quick. Yeah, let me see what happens. And 
Yeah, not a good thing. You don't want them to bring friends either. So you've got to have something to replace that with for sure. I mean, I think with this gift, if you have a spiritual gift like this, it's for a reason. There is a purpose for that. For sure. You know, it's important to just pray about it. And I truly think that the reason that both you and I have this gift is to help people. And Oh, for sure. And how weird is it that you and I from totally different backgrounds come together for this? There has to be a purpose behind that. 100%. I mean, I just, it makes me laugh sometimes because, you know, you were telling the story in the beginning of the episode about your bunk bed and kind of the situation that you had with the thing coming out of the closet. And it's like, what are the chances that you and I (laughs) bond over a conversation about the same exact thing happening to us as kids and that's what opens up this conversation where we both find out that we have these spiritual gifts and it's just like are you kidding it was meant to be there was a purpose it is so funny because you wonder every day when you start your day are you like the first step you take is that setting in motion something that's supposed to happen and it's mind-blowing when you really start to think about it thanks you're telling me girl (laughs) (laughs) but you know it's it's hard for me sometimes because I think you know people that have faith and people that don't have faith have this gift it's given and it just depends on how you choose to use it and when I see people that have this gift and they're charging people for it. Uh, like, if you give me 20 bucks, I'll tell you how to fix yeah. the problem. Like, I could never in my life even imagine doing that because it's not my gift. It was given to me for a reason. And how dare I even think about charging somebody, you know, to, to use that or, or to help them. It's crazy. Totally. I mean, in my most desperate moment, like, Go back to the demon part one and part two episodes, people. That was me in my most desperate moment. I would have paid Anna easily $500 to come to my house and help me fix my problem. But taking advantage of people and just preying on their desperation is not right. And that's not, we were given this gift to help people and truly like, when people are in that position, all I want to do is help them. Yeah. I'm, absolutely. I'm not trying to make a buck. <laughs> if you think, no, no. And I think I would feel guilty even if someone offered that and I felt obligated to take that, I would feel so guilty. I would probably like have to mail it back to them or put it toward a charity. There is no way that I would take cash for something that God gave me to help people with. And if you think about it, really, let's say someone came along and they're like, Jessica, I can solve your problem for a thousand dollars and you paid it. It wouldn't have mattered. Like it would have probably helped for a little while, but like we talked about, you can't, you can't keep a place free of something without replacing it. So you can't, um, keep something without its creator protecting it, right? If you didn't have that faith and you didn't go through that experience where you learned that, oh my gosh, like 
God is the one that did this. And he gave me control to do this. If you hadn't learned that lesson, if you just paid someone to come in, it definitely would have come back. Like you needed to put that faith behind it to keep it away. Oh, for sure. For sure. And that's scary. When you hear about people paying people to come in, you're like, oh no, like, what did you do? <laughs> um, what if it, what if they just pissed it off and it brings exactly. friends with it? I mean, that's, that's my thought is like, are you making it worse? Because that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Yes. So I, I just, that was just my throw in there, but yeah, my gift is not my own and I would never use it for gain at all. Well, I love that. And I know you've had a lot of scary and creepy things happen to you, but you've also had a lot of meaningful experiences. So what has been like the most meaningful or positive experience that you've had? The story I touched on in our last podcast about the young girl that still like looking back at it blows my mind every time I think about it. Um, and I'll just have to tell it, I guess, um, hang in there. It's going to be a little bit, but it started out, it, it takes place over several years. Um, I worked at this place where my office faced the parking lot and had these huge bay windows So I would sit at my desk and I could see the whole parking lot. And I, this lady worked in there with me and somehow I don't even remember how we got on the subject of ghosts and do you believe in ghosts? And I'm like, oh yeah, (laughs) I believe in ghosts. (laughs) She's probably like, oh, okay. Well, you're a little eager about this. Um, And I kind of, was careful about how much I told her because I didn't want to just, I mean, how do you do that? Go tell your office that, Oh yeah, I see spirits. But I gently told her, yeah, I can sense them when they're around. And she said, well, you know, if you ever sense anything around me, you're going to tell me, right? I'm like, yeah, sure. Absolutely. I'll let you know. Something comes wandering around the office. I will let you know what it is. And, um, it was kind of weird because just a few days later I'm sitting at my desk and I look out the window and I see this girl and I'm not talking like see her, see her. I felt her there and saw an image of her in my mind. And she had on this like pink denim jacket and blue jeans. She had blonde hair and she was like, she reminded me of a cheerleader. She was like really peppy and happy and upbeat but she had no message she wasn't giving me anything so I'm like okay what do I do she's not telling me anything so I look over to this lady and I'm like um you remember when you told me to tell you (laughs) when things were around she's like yeah you sent something and like yeah she's uh right outside the window (laughs) and she's oh really like where And I go, I was kind of rude. I was like, you're not going to see her. I do. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, get a grip. You don't have this gift. (laughs) And so I'm like, okay, this is what she's wearing. And she goes, well, you know, I had a friend who had a car accident. And 
you know, I guess it could be her, but I don't know. She didn't have blonde hair. And I go, well, don't try to make it fit. You know, it could just be like a wandering through spirit. Don't force it. If it doesn't belong to you, I mean, I'm sure I'll figure it out. But what got me is this girl really felt connected to the building. And I couldn't shake that feeling that she had a purpose there. There was some meaning behind that. And there was no way in hell I was going to walk through the office and ask everybody if they knew a blonde girl who had died. So (laughs) I just kind of let it go. Um, She would pop in and out over the next three years and just randomly just pop in or I would remember her. um, And here we are three years later, I had gotten a new job. My husband had just started working at a new job as well. And he comes home one day and he said, man, this, this lady I work with, she was really upset today and it really got to me. I go, yeah, well, what was going on? He goes, well, she, you know, had the anniversary of her daughter's death and she was just really having a rough day with it. And I go, oh my gosh, that's too bad. You know, do you know like what happened? How long ago? And he goes, you know, I wasn't comfortable asking her that. I didn't really know her real well, but um, she was just struggling and I felt bad. Well, all of a sudden, the girl that I had seen three years ago pops in. In your house? And in my house. Yeah. I'm, and she had never been in my house ever. Like I'd always see her out and about, never in my house. And all of a sudden she pops in. And I'm like, okay, this is weird. And now she's giving me, I'm going to change the name because I don't want to, you know, I want privacy for these people. But um, she was giving me tidbits of her name. And let's just say she was giving me like Kate or Katie. And I couldn't quite grasp what she was telling me her name was. And um, I tell my husband, I'm like, she's here and I'm getting Kate or Katie. And I think she has something to do with that lady because she didn't pop in until you were talking about it. And he goes, okay, what do you want me to do? I go, well, you can't talk to this woman. Like, can you see if maybe she has a picture on her desk or something? So he goes to work the next day and he calls me. He's like, yeah, there's a picture on her desk and I'm going to send it to you. So he sends me over the picture. And as soon as it pops up on my phone, my heart stops like, oh my gosh, I just thinking about it now, like exactly what she had been wearing outside my window. It was her hair. It was her, just no doubt. It was this girl. And I tell my husband, I'm like, it's the girl. It's the girl. I told you, I told you. And he goes, okay, so what do we do now? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to move forward with this. You can't go to a mom who's grieving and be like, um, do I have something to tell you? My wife Uh, sees your daughter. (laughs) Yeah, that was not the appropriate way to go about it. So I was like, um, why don't you like just strike up a conversation with her and maybe just try to get a name and let's just, let's just see if, you know, maybe there's another connection we can make because still I'm thinking, how did I see this girl? Why have I been dealing with her for three years? Like, am I going crazy? What's happening here? And so 
doubts creeping in, he ends up getting a hold of the name. And you're not going to believe this. Guess what her name was? What? Catherine. <laughs> so exactly what you were thinking, basically. When he told me, I'm like, oh my God, she told me like Kate, Katie, Catherine is her yeah. name. Are you kidding me? Like I'm losing my mind. I, the picture wasn't enough to hear her name. Now in my mind, I'm like, there is no way that this is a coincidence. There's no way like a name and a picture. So, um, I don't know how this man did this, but somehow he struck up a conversation and just slid in the fact that, oh, my wife, you know, she's really sensitive to spirits. And the lady's like, oh, really? And like, as soon as she grabbed onto the conversation, he ran with it. <laughs> He's like, yeah, you know, um, <laughs> my wife, you know, I, I sent her a picture because I was telling her the story and she thinks that it could be your daughter, but you know, she's really new to this and she doesn't want to, you know, say something wrong or she goes, Oh no, no, no. Like I have to meet her. And <laughs> I'm like, Oh my God, I can't do this. <laughs> I cannot sit down with this woman. Like how did, what if this is all coincidence? What if like somehow in my mind, I fabricated it. Like, I am really doubting myself. And my husband's like, yeah, we'll come over. And I'm like, oh my God, what are you doing? So in the car ride, <laughs> all the way over there, I'm praying because I'm like, there is no way I can do this. And I'm praying, Lord, like, if I don't have this gift, could you just like give it to me just this once? <laughs> Just let me have it just this once to get through this because now this woman's excited that she's going to talk to her daughter. Yeah. And you're like, I don't want to let no her down. Yeah, there's no way in hell that I can do this. I am scared out of my mind. Uh, and I had drawn, the girl had started, once we kind of put two and two together, the girl finally started giving me information and it just came pouring in. And I remember sitting down and I, I drew this um picture of what she was giving me of where she died and it was this house I could see where the kitchen was the back door the couch the stairway all of it so I drew it out and um I felt so stupid I was like there's no way this is real I I'm just making this up and so I didn't even take it in with me and um we get there and she's this lady is so sweet. She's so casual. She doesn't bring it up right away. We're just, you know, talking, getting to know each other. And all of a sudden there's her daughter. And I'm like, okay, I guess he heard my prayer and we're doing this. <laughs> so I'm nervous. I don't want to upset her. I don't want to be wrong or give her false hope. And so I just, kind of pull myself out of it and just let come out my mouth, whatever's going to come out my mouth. And I go, well, she wants me to describe her death. And as soon as I said it, it was like, I didn't even realize I had said it, but I was like, I can't take it back now. I just, here, here it goes. Just let it flow. And I started to describe the house 
And the house, when we pulled up to her house, I knew that I was wrong when I drew the house because this was a one story and the house I drew was a two story. So I just was like, okay, I was wrong. I misinterpreted. But whenever I'm talking to her, when we're out the house, her daughter's insistent, tell her what you drew. And so I just go with it and I start describing it. And the lady goes, oh my gosh. And I go, I'm wrong. I'm sorry. I, this is what I got. I realized, you know, when I got here, this isn't even the house. And she goes, it wouldn't be, it wasn't the house she passed in. And I'm like, Oh, okay. And she goes, you described exactly what the house looked like that she passed in and she passed on the couch. Wow. And I, I was blowing my own mind. I was like, there is no way that you can guess that. And I mean, I described it down to the color of the couch. Um, I knew that she had passed on the couch and that EMS got there and she was revived on the way there and then passed again when she got there. And her mom confirmed all of it. It, it happened exactly the way it happened. Um, she, the girl started telling me, you know, my body betrayed me. I went too soon and my body it just it went against me and as soon as I said that her mom goes oh my gosh I went to a psychic after she passed and those are the exact words that she said that her body betrayed her and I went on and you know I told her it was a medical issue I think that it probably could have been prevented but she just she didn't really take it seriously and then her mom confirmed yeah it was a medical condition she just decided she didn't want to take the medicine and she went downhill really fast and all of a sudden I get info info that there's this heart and it's gold and it's small and so I tell her and she looks at me and she goes no um I don't remember a gold heart and I'm like oh crap did I say something wrong and the woman's boyfriend gets up and he comes back in. He goes, I know what you were talking about. And he sits in front of me, this gold heart, and it has his mom's ashes in it. And I was like, okay, this is the first time that I'm doing this. And I didn't even realize that another spirit had completely hijacked <laughs> the info that was coming through because I had gotten that info from his mom. Wow. So that was, that was really kind of weird. I, I was just like completely open for business that day, apparently. <laughs> um, You're like, step but, right up, step right up. <laughs> I don't know how it even happened. It, I just, just letting crap come out my mouth. And man, it just, as soon as he did that, I was like, oh my gosh, like once is a coincidence, twice, like this is serious right now. Um. But like I described in our last uh, podcast, she showed me an image of her mom on this road and she was standing off to the side in like the shadows and she was holding her mom's hand and she was telling me, I know when she's going to pass, um, but she's not ready. And to me, that meant that her mom spiritually she believed that there was a God and that good people go to heaven and, but she didn't have like a basis for faith. 
And um, I, that was the hardest thing I had to tell her because her daughter said, you know, she needs to find the faith to be with me or when it ends, she won't be. And to have to tell that woman that she may not see her daughter if she's not right when it comes, I was so scared. I, I told her and she goes, okay. And she just started asking questions about God and what that meant. And she, it was actually led to the Lord that night. And after that, her daughter stepped back. I didn't get any more info. And it was like, what needed to happen was done. And her mom was good to go. And it's funny because later on, uh, the woman's sister, she'd heard the story and she came from out of state. She wanted to meet me. And I think it was kind of a test because she asked me, she said, you know, I ask her to do something every morning. Um, What is it? And I'm like, okay, I can't just turn this on. Like I can't just... (laughs) let me pull this answer out. It doesn't work that way. So I'm getting so nervous and I'm praying again, Lord, (laughs) I need your help again. Like just one more time, please give me this. And, um, I just couldn't get it. I couldn't get the info. So I kind of wander off into the living room. I sit down and I'm praying, Lord, help me. There's, you've got to give me this answer. It's specific. Like she's going to know if I'm lying, (laughs) obviously she knows the answer. So all of a sudden I get purple flowers and the woman and her sister wander into the living room. They've realized I'm missing and they come in and I go, I don't know. I, I don't know how to turn this on and off. All I get is purple flowers and her sister sits back and she goes in my shower. I have two little ceramic things sitting on the window seal and one of them's a fish And every day I ask her, move the fish, please just let me know you're here, move the fish. And she never has. She goes, but the other one is a little purple flower. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Like it, I knew that that's what it was as soon as she said it. And she actually ended up going home and sending me a picture of that purple flower. And it was exactly what I had seen. Wow. And it just confirmed that that was the first time I had ever had to give information specifically to someone. And I was so scared. Oh my gosh. But I can't say that it's happened a lot. I think only three times that this has happened where I was able to find the person and get the message out of what needed to be said to them. Yeah. And funny enough that all three times that I've been able to do that, that person has been led to the Lord and they know Christ and they have a relationship after that. So I 100% know that that's my purpose of all these little experiences throughout the week, month, year is training me. So when it matters, I know how to interpret and I can provide that message to help that person. Um, and one, one thing I actually left out, there's a twist to this kind of ties it all together. I found out after I told this woman where I saw her 
daughter for like the first time. She goes, huh, I worked for that company. And I had no clue (laughs) that she had worked for this company. She goes, yeah, I worked for this company. I was out of state. My daughter passed and they helped pay for her funeral. Wow. And I was like, oh, that's why she felt connected to the building. Talk about full circle. Right? That blew my mind. I was like, oh my gosh, for three years, I had no clue where this woman fit. And it was because I was going to come in contact with her mother later and it was all going to tie together. It was crazy. Wow. See, I love the happy stories. It's not often that we really get a lot of those happy stories. So I just love hearing them. It's like, it's not, the creepy ones are fun. (laughs) They're scary. They're, they're cool to hear, but it's not all about the creepy stories. Um, good stories happen all the time. And the good things happen when you finally complete that purpose of that spirit's visit, whether it's a frustrated spirit or whatever it may be, even a demon, whenever you complete that whole circle of what you were supposed to do for that particular entity, it's a, it ends up becoming a good story. For sure. And I think all of these experiences that we have just help us continue to grow within our gift and continue to help us, you know, gain the knowledge and skills that we need to deal with what's coming next so that whoever is coming next or whatever we need to help with will be ready for. Yeah. And, you know, we talked in our last podcast about, you know, your son's room, how we thought we had taken care of that problem, but it continues to be a problem. And that doesn't mean that God's not strong enough to take care of it. It means that there's a purpose and you're supposed to be going through it, or maybe he's supposed to be going through it and you have to get through that to learn. A hundred percent. I mean, we could talk for hours about this and, and, and we do talk <laughs> for hours. about this. <laughs> um, we yeah. have so much more to share, but we also want to hear from the listeners sharing their stories might be able to help other people out there figure out what's happening in their lives or just help, you know, to entertain people during this time where (laughs) everyone is really stressed out and needs a distraction. And we're okay with doing that too. So please share your stories with us. Email us at podcast at ghostygirls.com. Send us your questions and you can even leave us a voice message. That would be so cool to get to hear directly from someone, somebody that's listening. Please do this. (laughs) Let's just see for giggles if it works. Yes. (laughs) But remember these topics sound weird. They actually are pretty normal when you start to talk to other people like everyone always has a ghost story. I mean, it doesn't matter who you think that they are. They have some kind of weirdness that has happened to them. So don't be afraid to share your experience or talk about it or even just share our podcast to get a conversation started. We can all be weird together, guys. That's right. (laughs) Definitely share our podcast with your friends and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Write us a 
seller review. We need it. Um, <laughs> and I can't wait to hear from you guys. Just just take the time to do it. We've had a couple reach out already. It's awesome to hear your stories. And when we get enough of them, we get to sit down and share them. Exactly. We're super excited to get back with all of you next. And remember, there are no goodbyes for us.